This is the Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The president and CEO of McDonough District Hospital will remain on paid suspension for at least a few more weeks. Tri-States Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. The hospital's board of directors met for around 90 minutes yesterday before announcing they were extending Brian Dietz's suspension through February 20th. Chairperson Jerry Gruel declined to comment afterward. The hospital later issued a statement saying the board is continuing to process information from its investigation of Dietz. The board suspended Dietz in late December and began an investigation after receiving numerous complaints and anonymous letters from employees. Workers expressed concerns about Dietz's spending at the hospital and what they described as his fear and intimidation-based leadership style. Bill Murdoch will continue to serve as interim CEO. He had previously been the hospital's chief financial officer. Rich Egger reporting. An Iowa House panel voted unanimously to advance a bill that would allow the state to help Iowans with disabilities vote absentee. It would enable the Secretary of State to try out assistive technology so voters with disabilities could privately mark their ballots without someone's help. Iowans who are blind have been asking the Iowa Secretary of State for years to make it possible for them to independently vote in their homes. Michael Ross with the Secretary of State's office says they're considering different kinds of assistive technology and consulting with cybersecurity experts. Fruits and vegetables grown on urban farms and gardens have a carbon footprint that's six times larger than conventionally grown produce. That's according to a study from the University of Michigan. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports. It's the infrastructure that increases urban farms' carbon footprints. It takes a lot of carbon to build the raised beds, compost bins, and sheds that a city garden needs. Meanwhile, conventional farms are massive economies of scale and efficiency. But Jason Hawes, a lead author on the study, says conventional produce loses to urban crops when it travels by air. Asparagus is the one that we highlight as a case where things are flown in from, for example, Chile. That's a really big carbon investment that you could offset by using urban agriculture. The study also suggests city farms preserve their infrastructure as long as possible and try to use recycled materials to build their raised beds and sheds. I'm Elizabeth Rembert, Harvest Public Media. An Iowa House subcommittee did not advance Governor Kim Reynolds' special education overhaul this week, but Speaker Pat Grassley says House Republicans are still talking about ways to move forward with some version of reform. Reynolds' plan would allow districts to opt out of funding their local area education agency and to use state and federal special education funds to hire a different provider. Grassley says House Republicans can build off of that. But right now, he says they want to reset the conversation with schools and parents. I think we can do that, but we just want to make sure that there's certainty over the next several years for school districts. And like I said, more importantly, certainty for parents receiving these services, because right now we feel that's one piece that's being lost um, in the conversation. The governor's bill did pass a Senate subcommittee. Republican lawmakers on that panel said they also want to have more discussions about possible changes from what Reynolds proposed. 
The Republicans who run the Iowa House and Senate Tax Committees have released a plan to eventually eliminate the state income tax. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sestarik reports. Representative Bobby Kaufman and Senator Dan Dawson say their new bill would have Iowa's public employee pension system manage the taxpayer relief fund. As that investment grows, the new money would be used to ratchet down Iowa's income tax rate based on growth in sales tax revenue. Kaufman says they can get rid of the income tax without using one-time funds and without raising other taxes. And I think that if you look at what other states have done, not only is it one of the more innovative plans, I think it's one of the most responsible in the entire country at getting Iowa to our long-term goal of 0% income tax. Dawson says he thinks this is the best way to use the more than $3 billion in the taxpayer relief fund. Their bill is very different from Governor Kim Reynolds' tax bill. She's proposing speeding up tax cuts to reach a flat 3.5% income tax next year. I'm Katerina Sestarik, IPR News. In our feature for today, a new scholarship at Western Illinois University aims to support and recognize exceptional research by undergraduate students. Tri-State's Public Radio's Jane Carlson has our story. The Center for Undergraduate Research at Malpass Library is a collaboration between the Centennial Honors College and the university libraries. The center's new scholarship is open to undergraduate students in all disciplines. Applicants should incorporate a field component to their research to be completed this summer. Lorette Odin is dean of the Centennial Honors College, and Hector Mamie Sugranes is dean of the university libraries. They say this collaboration is a pilot project meant to elevate research at Western, which would also improve retention. We would like to see a lot more students involved in research, and in particular at the undergraduate level um, because, you know, there are many students who work with instructors right now with different research, but, uh, and so collaborating with the library and having there be another resource or another area for students to gain additional access to information, um, understanding about methodologies, things like that, um, we thought this would be a good, um, a good way to do that through the, through the Center for Undergraduate Research. Yeah, well, it's also important that the, all the studies and data shows that for the past 20, 30 years, there are two visible variables that we need to understand. We know that we're facing a crisis in retention in our student population, uh, mostly undergrad. Uh, one of the data that show us is that when the students are engaged doing research, the students are engaged doing community engagement, uh, they are engaged doing entrepreneurship or even innovation, those students say, okay, I am going to stay. So for the scholarship, these projects don't need to be based in Western Illinois, but they can be? The projects don't have to necessarily be in Western Illinois. We'd love for them to be in, in the area just so students have a better understanding, you know, where they are, you know, what's going on around this area, and building that community um, relationship is what we'd like to see um, coming out of this. Yeah, what we want to do is to avoid the idea that universities are ivory towers, that we are not part of the community. I always believe that to have a really a global citizen, that citizen need to understand that what we call the local reality. What types of projects would you like to see in various disciplines? Say, for example, in the performing arts area, I mean, they could research about a um, local artist or something like that, a musician or, you know, a composer or something, someone from the area, they could do something like that. They could research um, and find out more, perhaps, about um, a business or, you know, something in the civil rights area. You know, it could be 
it could be a variety of topics, um, you know, especially we know there are lots going on with the STEM um, area. So they could do things with um, biology or, you know, even with agriculture, you know, what's going on right now with the School of Ag, with the Pennycrest um, stuff that they're doing there. They could do things like that. Yeah, well, I would like to start working with uh, not only the College of Education, but others uh, to see how these new ethnic groups that are coming to our regions, we need to understand them. Uh, we need to figure out in the way that the community are working with them, how they are integrated. It's a new trend in the rural America. And I, I think I have been doing some research. There are not a lot of research about it. And I think that it's our responsibility as a regional comprehensive university to start understanding that. Um, a second part of all of this is that one of the big challenges that the university are facing is, okay, we are doing the research and then what? Dissemination of this is so important too, that we can start explaining to people what is happening, what is the, the new reality that is happening. When I was in Washington last March, and I was talking with some of the U.S. agencies there, I explained that, and many of them, they look at me and say, what? And I say, yes, that's a new reality. I think that we need to start understanding. So what do you hope the scholarship leads to? I really um, am hopeful to see many more students being excited about research, but it also gets the university's name out there in a positive light, um, in you know nationally as well as locally, right? Because we want the um, to have that relationship with the community, and we want the Western students to be seen in a positive light, doing something positive for the region, and then the, for the students to understand that you know coming to a university in a rural setting, there are many opportunities here as well. Mm -hmm. And that's going to lend itself to a successful um, future for them when they leave Western. Lorette Odin is Dean of the Centennial Honors College. Hector Mamie Sugranes is Dean of University Libraries. The $500 research scholarship was made possible by donations from the city of Macomb and Sterling Koenig, the former director of the Honors College. The deadline to apply is Friday, March 22nd. I'm Jane Carlson. In the weather for our listing area for today, it should be partly sunny with a high in the mid-40s. East winds 10 to 15 miles an hour could gust as high as 20 miles an hour at times. And for tonight, partly cloudy skies with a low in the low 30s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.